Hey guys, it's Alice Kuniki, aka AK, <laughs> listening to Shooting the Breeze on Fridays at 4 pm. And this week on Shooting the Breeze, we've got Alice Kunick joining us just before she heads off to Europe. Alice, how are you doing? I'm great, thank you. How are you? Yeah, really well, thanks. So, Alice, normally we sort of start off talking a little bit about your background coming into basketball, but I think one of the things a lot of the fans might be really interested in is why you've chosen to go to Europe this season. Would you like to give us a bit of background on that? Yeah, of course. Uh, apparently I'm crazy and I love European winters. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> um, <laughs> very, very sad to say goodbye to Sydney. Um, loved, loved, loved my time in Sydney and just enjoyed it so much. Played with a great group of girls. But yeah, I just, I think probably my elbow injury probably put a lot more things, and obviously COVID kind of has put a lot more things to, into perspective in terms of things can kind of change at every moment. And I had... A few different European opportunities and then this one came up. It's a EuroLeague team. It's in Poland where I played before and I really like the Polish league. And, yeah, just a, another opportunity to challenge myself and especially before the Olympics, you know, playing EuroLeague, play against the best in the world, kind of get ready for the qualifiers for the Olympics. The opportunity came up to play there and I've heard really great things about the club. Beck Allen, one of my really good friends, has played there the past two years. I know the coach and, and the playing group there, so... Yeah, it was kind of like an opportunity I just couldn't really pass up. And Katrina and, and Sydney were really supportive of me just to, you know, go and chase my dreams and stuff and, and then hopefully come back to Sydney one day. Uh, we'd definitely love to see you back in the team. <laughs> I'm kind of curious, how do you find the Polish league, you know, obviously you've got experience there, in comparison mm-hmm. to our league? Look, it is um, it is a tough league. I mean, I will say our league is a very, very good league. Probably, you know, one of the best kind of in the world that I've played in. We are, you know, we're really smart basketballers. We play really hard, that type of thing. The Polish league, probably the top kind of four or five teams is pretty similar to the WNBL, uh, whereas maybe the bottom, I don't know, four or five teams isn't really on par, if that makes sense. So you have your, your kind of top four teams that are really strong, most of them, like one will always play EuroLeague, a couple will play EuroCup, and from that you've got then a few playing EuroCup and then you've got obviously your kind of bottom-ish teams. But, I mean, every game is still pretty competitive. So, yeah, no, it's, it's a really good league. I really enjoy being a part of it. The travel is, you know, bus rides and stuff and some, I don't think there's any planes, but, you know, bus rides after games, which are probably the most, probably eight to ten hours. Sorry, sorry, eight to ten hours? <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's like a pretty standard one. Yeah, eight to ten hours. Yeah, you're doing them most times after the game. When I played in Poland last season, I played EuroCup as well. So if we had a EuroCup game, let's say, in Russia, we would get up at like two in the morning, drive three and a half hours to Warsaw, you know, fly to Russia. You know, sometimes it's like 15, 16 hours worth of travel just to get somewhere. I know when I played against where Vanessa Panusas played in Left Carter, yep. we played them for EuroCup and that was, you know, 17 hours just to get there. So, <laughs> yeah, a lot of times, you know, in, in the league you play a game and then you get on a bus and you travel through the night. One thing I think that the WNBL girls don't realise that haven't played in Europe, plane rides are very cruisy. <laughs> 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 they're a joy. They're a gift. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually stunned by the, the sort of travel hours involved in that. That's that's just amazing. Must be really tough for getting prepped for a game when you've got to travel that sort of distance. 
Yeah, I think you just, I mean, you do get used to it. Uh, a lot of times you do fly, you know, if you're playing EuroLeague or EuroCup, you'll fly the day before. So you can always train. Most of the time you train when you get there. So I remember with my team last season, my coach was pretty nuts about training. We always trained. So even if we travelled that whole day, we would definitely, even if we got there at 8 o'clock at night, we'd still train. Oh, that's not fair. But you do, yeah, I know, but you do, you get used to it. It'd be nice to fly in private jets, wouldn't it? But um, <laughs> Absolutely. That's okay, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, like you do, you get used to it and you, you know, you find things to do, you read, you play cards, you know, you sleep, you watch movies. So there's always plenty to do. I guess it's not like back in the day where they didn't have phones or, you know, the internet on the road. Like I think it was a lot harder back then, whereas I feel like now we're very lucky in terms of, We've got access to so many different things. So, you know, you chat to family when they wake up. Sometimes you're driving in the middle of the night and your family wakes up, so you get to chat to them. So that's good. There's <laughs> <laughs> always something to do. Yeah, definitely. And look, in They're a worst case... They're just not ca- very comfortable. No, but in a worst case, you can always catch up on your Polish TV. Oh, yeah, exactly. Not that I'd ever watch much of that, but I'm sure I can watch some when I go back there this year. <laughs> You can give us a bit of a background, like uh, what sort of reality shows they got in Poland? Oh, that's a very good question. I'll find that one out for you. Okay. I actually I had a TV last season when I was there. I can't tell you that I turned it on. That'll be my goal this season. I'm going to turn on the TV and I'm going to start watching some Polish TV. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they've got the voice or something. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about last season. I mean, it was mm-hmm. it was a tough season and you put in some really great performances. How did you find the season overall? Oh, I loved last season. You know, I love, I've played ball frog, witch frog, I guess you could say, um, in Big Bear a couple of years ago. We've had a really great relationship for many years. And I, just, I really did. I loved playing for her. I loved the group of girls that we had. We definitely got very unlucky with the injuries that we had. And I definitely believe that if we'd had, you know, our full team right up until the end, we probably would have pushed it for a top four slot. Actually, I do believe we would have pushed for a top four slot. So, yeah, no, I just, I loved playing with the girls. Definitely think we're a little bit unlucky. But, yeah, I think Frog just gave us all the freedom to play. You know, we were able to change things up a bit. We weren't like, I guess you could say in quotation marks, your usual team, you know. We had many different personalities and that's what made it so fun, I think. And there was just no egos. So I just love, I think I love that about Sydney. I guess you could say Sydney basketball in Sydney isn't really like, you know, because Sydney's so big and there's so many kind of different sports in Sydney. Basketball probably flies under the radar a little bit. So I think I kind of liked that, that it was just kind of like, you know, we're all just normal people here just playing basketball. But no, I really, I loved it. And, um, you know, like I said, I would have loved to have stayed for another season. Like looking at your numbers from last season, and I don't talk about numbers very much on this show, you obviously were enjoying your basketball here because your numbers were like off the charts in comparison to your previous seasons. Like your average points per game was nearly 19 per game. I'm guessing that your ability to to feel comfortable with the team would have contributed to that? Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think from the the second I came in, I felt really comfortable with the group and and playing under Frog. And I just think she allowed us to really play. And especially me, she allowed me to play and just kind of flourish. I'd obviously had that year in Europe and then the off-season with the three-on-three girls. I think that really helped my game. You know, like I said before, European basketball, it's tough and you have to perform week in, week out. And I think having that backing behind me and then the three-on-three and then moving that into playing with the Flames, I just felt like my game, I just felt really confident in my game. Um, I felt like I had the strength behind me, you know, to back games up 
you know, week after week. You know, like I said with the girls, they were able to find me. I was able to find them. We had a fun offence. So I think that probably just had like a real contribution of so many different things. I ended up actually working full-time when I was in Sydney too. So I think that was probably another major factor for me because I think sometimes you can get kind of bogged down in basketball, whereas I had that outlet of work and my study to kind of focus on. So I wasn't just really focusing on basketball. So I think that definitely helped me just to enjoy myself a bit more. And obviously when you're in the sunshine, it obviously helps a lot as well. <laughs> of course, sunshine always yeah. helps. Touched on a couple of things there that I think are kind of interesting. Do you think that the three-on-three has helped sharpen your game or improve your game in the way you approach the regular game? Oh, absolutely. Like, a thousand percent. The three-on-three game is so physical. It's so quick. You know, you you miss a shot, you have to play defence straight away and you have to be able to defend every position. You know, in five-on-five, you can sometimes, you know, you may not be involved in the play, especially sometimes on the wing. If there's a lot of on-balls, you may just be kind of, hanging off and not really having to play a lot of defense whereas in 3x3 you are involved in every single play and Lauren Scherf has actually been training with our 3x3 group here in Melbourne and from when I got back to a month ago to now she's improved so much you know just because of the I believe 3x3 improves your game so much it makes you have to make decisions quickly you have to be able to you know transition from offense to defense you have to be able to take physicality You have to learn how to finish under pressure. So there's just so many different aspects that I believe everyone should be doing 3x3 to improve their game. It's it's almost a bit like, you know, one-day cricket and test cricket. The one helps the skills for the other. So it's interesting to hear you say that kind of what happened or your perspective on it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you look at, you know, Bet Cole, Maddie Garrick, Keely Froling. They've all had kind of standout years the past couple of years. And that's kind of been since 3x3 has really taken off. I just think, I know, that obviously there are differences in the game. There is obviously five and five and then it is a quicker game. You do have to be a bit careful in terms of shooting. You know, there's kind of... Not no real bad shots in 3x3, but because the game goes so quickly, you can shoot a shot and it may not be the best shot. So you just kind of, you know, you move on really quickly. But you just probably have to be careful that in 5 and 5, you don't bring that into your game. You know, you learn still how to play within the team and the team game. Whereas 3x3, obviously, it's definitely still a team game, but I think the skills are more honed in on and you really just have to, you do, you have to sharpen your skills and you have to be resilient. The game goes so quickly. It definitely improves your mental. I think it's improved my mental focus and the way I approach games. And I think probably 3x3 is just a lot of fun for me. So it's probably taken that pressure off myself and maybe off my game. And maybe that's why I've enjoyed it so much. It's kind of like just because it's fun, you're kind of taking that over into the five-on-five game as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I've been very lucky that, you know, last year, I mean, Beck Cole and I are obviously very good friends, so, you know, and obviously the other girls as well, but, you know, who can say you travel the world with your best friend playing basketball? Like, how cool is that, you know? And I think when you take that fun and that, obviously we still compete super hard and we take, we take the game so seriously. But I think as you get older, you realize that basketball, you know, it's a joy and it should be a joy. And I I remember saying to myself a couple of years ago when I wasn't really enjoying my basketball that the minute that I don't enjoy it anymore, like I'll be done with it. I won't play for other people or I won't play if I'm not enjoying it. So I think 3x3 has really helped me enjoy the game a lot. And it is, it's a blessing to play. And there are so many people that would love to be in our position in our shoes and I think even with what's going on in the world right now, basketball has been taken away, 
you know, even with my injury, it was taken away from me and you realise how much you love it and how much of a joy it is to play and it's a privilege to play. So it's definitely helped me see the game, especially the five and five game in a different light, just to realise that, you know, you play for fun and obviously you play really competitive and you want to play to win, but you've also got to enjoy yourself as well because, you know, life can kind of go so quickly and you don't want to look back and realise like that you weren't having fun or you weren't enjoying your life. I absolutely agree with that. We'll talk a little bit now about, you know, Alice away from the court. You mentioned you were working full time when you were here. In yeah, Sydney. well, I mean, I guess you could say full time with the job with basketball as well. Yeah, I worked for a property investment company called Custodian in their like finance and sales and a bit of um, executive assistant, which I absolutely loved. One of my really good friends, Kelly Bowen, works for the company and I'm studying a master's of international business. So I really just wanted to get experience. I'd said to myself, if I was going to stay in Australia last season, not go back to Europe, I needed to work and get experience just because I think for me, I know everyone's different, but for me, I can't just be basketball. I don't really work very well that way. (laughs) I think I overthink the game too much and it's probably when I don't have good games. (laughs) Um, So I think probably, yeah, as I've gotten older and I, you know, I want to learn about the business world and my family's always really been into property. So it just kind of worked out really well. And see, I had the opportunity to work at Custodian. They were so great. They kind of fitted. Obviously we had weights in the morning and training in the afternoon. So they were really flexible with me and my hours. So I'd go to work during the day, obviously. I had such a great boss, Olivia. So yeah, I feel really grateful that I was able to work there and especially with my elbow, I worked right through. It was probably a really good mental release for me to get through my rehab. I guess with that, you know, extra, not distraction, but I had a different thing to, I guess, focus on as well. But yeah, I absolutely loved it, learned so much. And yeah, I think it's just made probably why my time was in Sydney just even more enjoyable than I, I could even possibly imagine as well. It's interesting to hear the the kind of career path that you're looking at in terms of you know study and so on tends to be more sports based rather than mm-hmm. business based. So you've taken a very different kind of direction to <laughs> a lot of the players that we've spoken to in the past. How did you kind of get into that sort of direction? I think probably when I was younger, I thought I always wanted to be a physio, and then I realised that I can't look at blood and I faint when I see blood. <laughs> Um, so I realised that's probably not. I remember going to visit Jason Kitty after he had his accident in hospital and I fainted and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to be a physio anytime soon. <laughs> Choose a different career path, Alice. I don't know. I've just always really been interested in business, loved business sides of things. I thought it was really interesting. So I did a Bachelor of Commerce and majored in international business and human resources. I've always loved like the people and culture side and also loved kind of the international business side, like trade and global markets and I guess how the world is all globalized and then I finished that in 2014 and took a couple of years off study and probably 15, 16 were not my greatest years of basketball probably because I wasn't studying and then decided that I would love to do a master's. Um, I really wanted to do an MBA but you have to be working like full-time for a couple of years to do that so kind of just delved into a master's of international business and economics and yeah I'd love to work one day in like strategy and consulting like I said with the people and culture side but also with the I guess economic side of a business. Being an athlete you see so many different I guess, organisations and businesses and how things work, how you'd like to see things work. And I just believe that everyone deserves for work to be a great 
outlet for them and for work to be a really happy place. And it makes me really sad when I hear that people, you know, don't enjoy work or that the culture isn't great or that the organization's not good. And yeah, I would just love to be able to learn a lot about that and then be able to go into an organization and I guess help them improve that. How do they fix things? How do they make things better? So yeah, that's kind of how I got into it. And um, yeah. Okay, so anybody who's listening who's going to be looking for someone to rev up their culture in, in a couple of years' time, Alice is the Give contact. Give me a call. Absolutely. Now, Fingers crossed. Yeah, oh, for sure. It's going to happen. A couple of other things that I'm curious about. First of all, what do you do when you're away from the court to relax? Oh, to relax. Yeah. Um, well, this last season was probably not much relaxing. There was a lot of work and study. <laughs> Red wine. No. <laughs> um, is, that, is that allowed to be said? No. Um, oh, sure. I mean, in Sydney, I love the beach. I love being by the water. Um, I've definitely worked out as I got older that I am a person that loves to be by the water. I just think it's really calming and relaxing for me. Obviously, catching up with friends, with my family. My brother's got two little boys, so I love hanging out with them. Um, I love to read. I love listening to podcasts, obviously a few Netflix series here and there. I'm a big meditator. I think that really has helped my game as well and just helped me like kind of be calm in a lot of aspects of my life. Yeah, I mean, I'm a pretty simple person. <laughs> just spending time with family and friends and just kind of enjoying life, I guess you could say. Any books you'd recommend? Um, oh, I've got heaps of books that I can recommend. Um, I just finished <laughs> Michelle Obama's book. That was a good book. Okay. Um, Michelle Obama's book's really good. I mean, it's a bit older, but it's a good book. Oh, I actually, there's one called American Dirt that I read a couple of weeks ago. That's a really good book. It's not like a self-help or anything like that. It's kind of like a true story, but not really a true story. Um, American Dirt, it's a very good book. Highly recommend to a lot of people. Okay, that's mm. a good one. And the other thing that probably not a lot of people are aware of is you're involved with the Life Changer Foundation. Yeah. Can you sort of tell us a little bit about what it's all about and and how you're involved? Mm -hmm. A couple of years ago, I was invited to a luncheon of a charity called Life Changer. It had just kind of been started and it was, this was their like opening, I guess you could say. So anyway, I went along and the minute I got there and the minute I heard their founder is uh, Scott Waters. He used to play for St Kilda coached west coast i'm probably not doing him enough justice anyway he has three young boys and you know finished his afl career coach for a couple of years and then i guess he just realized you know he wants to give back and he has three young boys and i guess he'd seen not the ramifications but you know he kind of delved into what's going on in the world with our youth and you know the really scary statistics about suicide and you the amount of kids or you know youth that don't feel good enough that feel you know that they compare themselves to others and i know social media it can be such a positive thing but it also can be such a negative thing for you know young kids and comparing themselves to others and can kind of get into a downward spiral so I went along to this lunch and from the minute I heard Scott speak, I said, yep, like I've got to get involved. So um, met with Scott and then, yeah, I've just been an ambassador for the past couple of years. So basically it's raising money for youth to help, you know, prevent the suicides, the death the not feeling good enough and just to help these kids be like a mentor role to these young kids that, you know, think maybe they feel a little bit alone because I know maybe when I was a bit younger, I wish I would have had, you know, there's definitely times where you doubt yourself and some kids don't have the upbringing that I guess I had. I had a really great upbringing. I've been, I was so lucky with my upbringing, but, you know, not a lot of kids have that opportunity you know so it is hard and I'm very very grateful to be a part of the charity and be involved in the organization and super grateful for Scott for allowing me to be involved in it so we like go out to communities 
and we set up like a mentoring role, right? You know, raise money, raise awareness. Yeah, just try and be that shoulder for someone to reach out to so kids know they're not alone. When you look at social media, a lot of the stuff that people get bombarded with on social media, it's like it's supposed to be, hey, this is this is the natural thing, but actually they're really heavily posed images and yeah. it does kind of creates an issue for for a lot of kids who may not have, you know, that self confidence to kind of go, Well, it doesn't matter, I'm I'm still okay, it doesn't matter what I'm seeing or what's being presented to me. Do you think that's something that, that's contributing to these situations that you've come across with the charity? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think social media is not the main contributor. I don't want to say that, but it is such a heavy contributor to why kids probably feel this way. You know, they look at their life and then they see on Instagram, you know, people who might have a lot more money or they've put on a, you know, social media isn't really real life. And it's probably 10% of someone's life that you see, give or take. But I definitely think it does have maybe not the greatest effect sometimes. I think there's definitely a way to use social media in a really positive way in terms of, you know, showing your real authentic self, showing that you have good days, you have bad days, just being real, I guess. And a lot of kids do look up to you and especially as athletes, they do. They want to see what you do, how you act, how you respond, what's your life like. And that's a joy, that's a privilege that we get to kind of share our lives to these kids. But I guess we probably have to do it in the right way. And sometimes I think social media, it can be not misconstrued, but you know, kids can look at things and only see that small 10% and they can think, well, that person's living that life and it's not attainable for me and I don't live this life and I don't look like her. But, you know, everyone's different and everyone's unique and everyone's beautiful in their own right. But I think sometimes that that can get lost in the message of social media, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It makes a lot of sense. Combine that, you know, reality TV and and how Mm. it's constantly structured so as to say, hey, look at this wonderful life. But you're right, it's only 10% or so of what people are really experiencing. Yeah, and I think that, you know, I feel really blessed that I've been able to play sport. My, You know, growing up, I had sport. I had my parents and my brothers as really good role models for me, but not everyone gets that. And you know, some people's parents can't afford for them to play sport or they live in a community where sport's not really a big thing. They may have taken the wrong path. You know, they may have gotten into the drugs. You know, just this is kind of very broad, but but they don't know any different. And it's on us for the ones that do know different to help them and to be there for them and to guide them in the right direction. And don't get me wrong, I think social media is really great sometimes too. So I'm not putting a whole, you know, diss on that. But no, 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 not um, at all. it's just about, you know, education and awareness and just showing, you know, kids and youth and even adults that, you know, you're like, you're not alone. Not everyone's life is perfect. And, you know, you can take the right route, whether that be, you know, getting into the right friendship group or just finding the right mentor or educating yourself and getting a job or these types of things. And a lot of the work we do at Life Changer, it is into the rural communities where probably drugs is a lot more prevalent than it is in the city because they probably don't think that they have any other way forward where they do. And there are a lot of people that care for them and want to be there for them and want to help them and want to help them turn their life around. But they just need to know that they have that love and support having organizations like life changer around and who are going out there to those communities is a really great initiative going forward do you see your involvement with life changer continuing 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, I feel very, very blessed that I'm able to be a part of the foundation. I just think Scott and the group are just doing incredible things. And I know with things moving online, even when I'm in Europe, you know, I'm still here for that mentor role. If a kid needs to speak to someone, hey, pick up the phone, call me or I'll call you. Like people just need to know that they're not alone and, you know, they're doing great and that they like they've got someone to talk to. I just think what Scott does is just awesome. There's a new challenge that's happening in September. It's called Kilometres for Kids. And it's basically, you know, you can do it in a group, you can do it in, you know, by yourself. It's just a $30 sign up fee. And you log all your running, your walking, your bike riding, your paddling, you log all of that. And it's basically just, you know, getting kilometres in quotation marks to help raise awareness for Australian youth and to help raise money for the Australian youth. And that gets put back into these communities communities and look I really do hope that I get to work closely with Life Changer for many years ahead and and that we continually help young youth and help kind of anyone that needs it I mean you look at um, Tucky who just passed away from the Richmond Football Club you know mental health doesn't discriminate to any age I guess we just need to be there for one another and especially in this really strange time I think the more that we stick together in these times and reach out to other people and be there for one another then you know things will eventually move forward and and will hopefully look a lot brighter. Absolutely. Talking about mentorship, I'm going to play you a very short clip from mm-hmm. one of our previous podcasts with Alana Goodchild. And, oh, uh, I love Lan. She's yeah. awesome. And she said this. I said probably Alice Kronek, former Opal um, in the Opal squad. She's just showed me, like I said before, every game, showing me what it means to be professional professional athlete mindset being there before anyone else could possibly be there putting shots up always getting the extra work done so me coming down to the AIS what knowing that she's doing the extra I want to do the extra you oh Lana that brings a tear to my eye Oh, it's so beautiful so you've been (laughs) you've been a mentor for her as well just from you know doing what you do did you realise that you've had that impact on some of the younger players in the team? Uh, probably not to that degree, and I really appreciate them. I'm very humbled by that. Look, I think, you know, maybe growing up, you not that you're selfish. I guess you have to be selfish to a certain degree. But I guess growing up, you realise it's not really about you. And the more that you can help others, it's more fulfilling. I think when you're just constantly thinking about yourself, you know, when you're young, gets exhausting and boring and who really wants that so yeah look I just try and be kind of the best possible version of myself and I just thought those girls were awesome for Alana Kitty they just rocked up to training they worked so hard they were always willing to listen they always wanted to know how do you do this or how do you do that or what was it like playing in Europe and I just they're just such good girls and I absolutely loved playing with them and yeah I just think for me that if you can I remember growing up when I played with Penny or with any of the great you know Michelle teams you always try and pick their brain about things and you know to be able to do that for someone else that's really special and I'm really I feel very humbled by that so thank you Alana <laughs> if you're listening oh, I'm sure she'll, she'll tune in for this one you mentioned earlier about your elbow mm-hmm. that was a pretty significant injury and I do want to touch on that game because you get a 30 point game for that one I believe did um, I? God, yeah. I wouldn't have known. <laughs> I was too busy thinking. I said, I remember my parents put the game by chance, and I was like, "Oh, my elbow!" And Dad's like, "You should have shot the three. Why did you go in for a layup?" Like, oh, well, there you go. <laughs> I know. I should have shot the three. You should have shot the three. There's a photo that was put up for part of the Whisper Awards of you 
I think there were like three Townsville players hanging off you. I don't know. Did you, did you get to see oh, that? Yeah, I do know that photo very well. <laughs> I mean, when you were looking at that photo kind of after the game, what went through your head? Oh, gosh. I, I think that was all a little bit of a, not a blur, but the whole thing after the game, I'd hurt my elbow and... Um, I do remember that play because I remember trying to get the ball and trying to get it up. And I thought, oh, my God, how was that not a foul? <laughs> and then, anyway, hurt my elbow. And then I remember saying to Stu, like, no, 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 my elbow's just bone bruising. It's totally fine. You know, it'll be okay, Stu. Stu's like, oh, God, no, you need to get a scan. Um, you're going to the surgeon. I was like, oh, gosh. So I think probably that whole week was a bit of a blur <laughs> until, yeah, I did see that photo. I remember seeing, well, that does, that just depicts it, doesn't it? You know, like, <laughs> don't get injured on that play, but get injured on just the silliest kind of fall to the floor. <laughs> But I mean, that was a great shot by Jeff. Jeff is on the money. Jeff is always on the money. (laughs) Absolutely is. The thing I found about that photo was it was a great indication of how tough I think last season was overall. I think that was one of the toughest WNBL seasons I've seen ever. It was tough. And, um, you know, every week was just a battle. There was no games. There was no letting up. It was really good quality basketball. I can the final series that was probably one of the best final series I've seen in a long time yeah it was it was tough every week was tough probably depicts our season you know tough with injuries obviously starting the season early T and then Brit and then Colleen and then obviously myself going down but it was tough but I guess these seasons do make you more resilient and they make you want to push harder and be better and yeah I mean it's it's like it's another chapter in the book and you I guess you have to be grateful for every moment and every opportunity, but it definitely was tough. If you speak to Frog, she probably will say, yep, it was. <laughs> she, she definitely did. Now, the last thing I want to touch on is the Olympics. Yeah. They've been postponed for 12 months. You're obviously looking to, to get there mm-hmm. in the three-on-three. What's the preparation going to be like? How do you, do you see that things are going to progress between now and then? So we've been training, I mean, the girls have been training probably for a couple of weeks longer than I because I was still in Sydney, but we've been training three times a week at MSAC. So we've been really grateful to be able to still have access to that. So, you know, us girls have been going, you know, three times a week pretty hard and it's it's been awesome. It's been so good. I'm obviously going back to Europe, so I won't be with the group kind of until May, until the qualifiers. But, you know, I guess we'll all go to our respective clubs. I think that we've been able to lay the foundation down in these past couple of months and hopefully the next couple of months afterwards. We've kind of put in like a core, I guess we've got a really good belief system, good values where we play hard and I absolutely believe like this team can definitely go to the Olympics you know it'll be tough the qualifiers that they're in Austria in May next year they'll be super tough but you know I have full faith in the group and um yeah I'm really excited hopefully I can be a part of that team moving forward and then fingers crossed with everything in the world um that the Olympics goes ahead and we can go to the Olympics for sure who do you think in that qualifier is going to be your biggest challenges look the USA are obviously always tough they always put together a really tough team, whether that be five and five or three X three. So they'll definitely be a really tough group. France, they're always tough in the Europeans. Spain, Canada, unluckily didn't make the group, but they would have been another tough qualifying group. Japan will be tough. The way that J- the Japanese play is always, you know, so quick. They're such great shooters, and obviously they want to, you know, they want to do everything they can to get to their home Olympics. But I definitely think America, France. And Spain will be will be really tough competition for us. And you know, there's only three teams that can go. So, yeah, we've just got to finish in that top three. And finally, you're off in mid-August to Europe? Yeah, 13th of August, yeah. 13th of August. So you get to catch the last little bit of summer before you start rolling into their autumn. Oh, I'll catch that last bit of summer in my apartment quarantining. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I will be sunbathing on the balcony. I don't know if Gardenia has a really good summer. I kind of looked at the way the other day and I was like, oh. But either way, you know, I'll just be really grateful to be over there and hopefully, you know, stay over there healthy and just be able to play the game again. I think, it, you know, it's been like six months since I've played a game. So I guess I can't really believe how time flies. <laughs> it's gone past really, really quickly. Oh, I feel like I blinked. But yeah, no, I'm really excited to be heading over there and hopefully I can catch a little bit of sun and then the season will start in October. Well, Alice, thanks very much for your time. Uh, Thank you for having me on. No, no, our pleasure. And hope you have a great time in Melbourne before you head off. Thank you. And with any luck, we'll try and see if we can get in touch with you over in Poland and get an update on what's happening and where you're at. Oh, my God, of course. Absolutely. Yeah, of course. And what the Polish version of the voice sounds like. Oh, yeah. Very interesting, I'm sure. Um, no, thank you. And I really appreciate it. You know, I love my time in Sydney. And like I said, I'd love to get back to playing there one day. And yeah, just appreciate everything you guys have done for me as well. No worries. And we definitely want to see you back. Yeah, Alice, absolutely. thanks very much for your time. Thank you.